Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show, Fist Street Soccer, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Dan Patrick Sports, Sirius XM 211. I'm not Dan Patrick, I'm Nick Gieber, and my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Well, he is not Dan Patrick either. That's because we talk the beautiful game, and the game is beautiful indeed, and it is kicking off this weekend, the greatest show on earth, the English Premier League. Can't wait, Kartik. Let's look at three matches over the weekend. Let's look at... The transfer window, which closed today. Let's decide who were the winners and who were the losers in the transfer market. And lastly, uh, let's talk about who were the about U.S. soccer, which is arguably the most tone-deaf organization uh, maybe since the National Rifle Association. That's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if I have Kartik. Do I have you, Kartik? No, I do not, but that's okay. I'll get him back right after the break. That's what we're going to talk about today. We'd love to hear from you, 800-878-7529. Really, I mean, if you can believe that U.S. soccer hired a public relations firm uh, in their battle with the U.S. women's national team for equal play, pay. I mean, I just don't understand what planet these people live on. Uh, I, it, 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 it boggles the mind. What do you think? 800 or find us on Twitter, at Fifth Street Sports. That's at Fifth Street Sports. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk, uh, where we would love to continue the conversation. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. We love chatting to you, uh, as we do each and every weekday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these very networks. Uh, but really, I mean, the for U.S. soccer to hire a public relations firm boggles the mind, given that apparently they're so cheap they can't pay the ladies an equal pay to the men, or maybe they claim they're paying them more, or maybe they are, or maybe they aren't. Boy, it is just the fog of war in this is just unbelievable. That transfer market, we'll look at a couple of Premier League matches to come. You ready, Kartik? Oh, yeah. Ready for the start of the Premier League season. But as always, the most exciting day of the early stage of the Premier League season is transfer deadline day. Today was a great day. Yes, and it hit, and it hit hard. And all I can say is <laughs> Arsenal Football Club, what a surprise. When we come back, let's discuss Fistry Soccer. Don't go anywhere. You're clear. Ridiculous. Um, first and foremost, my teammates. Um, just shout out to the teammates. Just, just everybody. This group is so resilient, is so tough, has such a sense of humor. Hit the music. Like, there's nothing, nothing that can phase this group. All right, well, that was Megan Rapino. We're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. women. When do you want to do that, Kartik? Uh, you want to do that the last... So this is, By the way, folks, this is called coming prepared for the show today, having it all planned out, uh, just so that you know we spent hours uh, <laughs> for our show prep today. Uh, we did discuss what we were going to talk about. We didn't actually put it in order. Uh, what do you think? The U.S. soccer discussion, longer or shorter? 
maybe we'll save that for the last segment and let's just jump into transfers because it was such a fun day. And yeah. I think the uh, U.S. soccer discussion may end up dragging on, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because... Yeah, that uh, it, it, for some reason it always does. Look, let's talk about it. I mean, you, you brought up, uh, first of all, a couple of shockers for me. And I want to put it this way. Chelsea Football Club have a transfer ban, which means they cannot, fi- they cannot sign uh, any players. They can't sign them in December. Correct. And they couldn't sign them this window. Yet they still managed to move on their best player, a player that single-handedly was responsible, in my opinion, for their league position last season. And they managed to get rid of a centre-back to a rival. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and uh, time... outside of Ola Aina, who they, you know, they sold to Torina, who, you know, is a 22-year-old right back, and Callas, uh, you know, the center back. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't remember when you would have seen Callas playing. I mean, it wasn't that much. But I mean, to sell David Luiz and to sell Aiden Hazard, when you are, when you have to look at like Man United, who added, you know, Juan Bissaka and uh, and Harry Maguire, right? And 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 Arsenal. We're going to talk about them in a minute. And Tottenham, who managed to add uh, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe not as many pl- uh, great players as you would have liked, but some, you know, really good players. All the teams around them have been strengthening, and and Chelsea managed to, you know, cut their veins and bleed out with no transfusion. The David Luiz thing uh, is exce- is exceedingly dumb. Uh, not only did they move him to a direct rival in Arsenal, a direct rival for league position, a direct rival for top four, and a rival in a London derby, but they moved him out at a time when Anth- uh, when Rudiger is injured um, and will not be playing. I-, I don't think he'll play in the month of August, which means you're going to be playing with Christensen and Zuma, who com- comes back from loan as your as your center back pairing. You do not have the ability to add a center back because you're under a transfer ban. Now, my understanding, based on what we heard from Neil Ashton, who, of course, is one of the best football writers in the UK, is that David Luiz is a popular player in the Chelsea dressing room. There are facts in said Chelsea. No one knows who's in power ever at that club. Uh, Luiz is a popular player with the other players, but he's also a popular player with the ownership. Frank Lampard comes into the club he doesn't want his position undermined from the beginning. So uh, you get rid of the, 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 the veteran player that could undermine you. Uh, that leaves Chelsea, though, with very little leadership in that dressing room. Maybe Asapoliqueta, maybe he's the leader. I, I don't know. Very little veteran wow, presence. Is... I mean, obviously, Pedro's there, uh, but a very young team and a, a young manager. Uh, kind of a dangerous situation. That is a really interesting analysis. You know, I'd not thought about that. And of course, uh, um, Fran- uh, Fat Frank and David Luis were were teammates on the uh, yeah. on the champion uh, t- uh, the champion winning team, uh, were they not? Yeah, yeah, they won the Champions League together. They won the Champions League together. So that is a fascinating take on this. Uh, was there friction between Frank Lampard and David Luiz? You know, while they were both at Chelsea, I, I I guess we'll never know. But if I remember correctly, when Fat Frank was at Chelsea and David Luiz was uh, a player there as, you know, on the team with him, David Luiz was a relatively younger player at that time. Yes. And so uh, Frank La- uh, Fat Frank would have provided the uh, the leadership in the dressing room. Um, welcome back. 
Nick and Kartik. We were talking about Frank Lampard and David Luiz and uh, the issues. I mean, David Luiz leaves to pass Chelsea and Chelsea can't sign anyone. Uh, and, and, and the timing just, just couldn't be worse. I mean, what's wrong? David Luiz couldn't suck it up for a season? Yeah, and apparently he didn't want to leave London. That's the other thing I, I've picked up on uh, this afternoon. So because he didn't want to leave London, because his, his wage is at a certain level, there's only one club he can go to, right? Uh, right? Well, he could go to Spurs. Okay, so there are only two clubs he could go to. West Ham, Palace, Watford, they're not going to pay that sort of uh, uh, wage bill. So um, his, his weekly wages. Uh, so you're going to sell him to a direct rival if you sell him. I, I, I think it, it, it defies any sort of logic. Although, again, uh, let's take the other side of this. Arsenal have had a very good window. A yes, sneaky they good have. Window. Wow. Have they not? Uh, in fact, uh, the fun, funnily enough, of the top six clubs, Kartik, I think the two best windows have belonged to Arsenal and Manchester City. We're going to talk about City in a bit. But um, Tottenham... You know, Tottenham were threatening, and 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 they came in with, with what I I would consider. I mean, they got Lo Celso, which I think is a is a is a really good signing for them um, from uh, from Betis. Uh, they got Sessegnon from Fulham, and and I like Ryan Sessegnon. I mean, he's very very young. I mean, he's he's a great player in, in terms of one for the future for Spurs, and 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 he has and he did play well for Fulham last season. Of course, they brought Dombele, who's the big signing. Uh, so they brought a central midfielder, uh, two central midfielders, a left mi- uh, and a left midfielder. Um, I don't know. I I just think that Dybala signing was the piece they needed, and they didn't get it. Yeah, and Lo Celso uh, is a very good player, but we saw he bombed at PSG, right? So when he had to step yeah. up to a higher level, he he wasn't at that level. Now I think. Spurs are probably an easier team to crack than PSG, but not that much easier. So his, his one big club experience was, was really poor. Still, I think um, he was younger then. Uh, he, he, he appears to be a good signing. Sessegnon, you know, I think he took a step back last season at Fulham. Yeah. Now, maybe it was because there was so much trouble in that dressing room, so much uh, you know, manager in, manager out. They kept shuffling where they would play Sessegnon. Was he a left back? Was he a left midfielder? Do you play him up top in a 4-3-3 on the left side? Uh, but I thought um, yeah, that was uh, maybe a bit of a reach for, for uh, Pochettino to buy him today for $25 million. But, heck, you know, you're, you're probably 27. keeping him away from Chelsea. 27, yeah. yeah. Probably keeping him away from, from uh, uh, Manchester United or Chelsea. Uh, and then, obviously, I think uh, when you mention uh, Manchester United, they improved defensively, but I'm not sure um, they, ha- they had a good window because selling Lukaku without buying a number nine, Nick, I think that's a huge mistake. All right, welcome back. Well, made that quick because uh, we got a lot to get to. <laughs> the street soccer, Nick and Kartik. Transfer window is now closed officially. Um, we're looking at the teams that did well and those that didn't. And uh, let's go back to the top for a minute, Kartik. I'm going to try and uh, drive the agenda here. Um, your boys, Man City, the champions, $167 million in expenditures. Um, Rodri from Madrid. Uh, Jao yeah. Cancelo from Juventus, that's player everybody wanted right there. Uh, Angelino from Eindhoven, uh, Pedro Porro from Girona, 
Uh, Zach Steffen, the American, for $8 million. Oh, he's out on loan. And then a great little piece of business, uh, former England international goalkeeper Scott Carson coming in on loan from Derby County. I mean, I think that's great business. Now, Danilo, by, uh, from what I hear, went the other way. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so Danilo went to yeah. Juventus. Um, uh, Douglas Louise went to Aston Villa. Uh, Fabian Delph, they moved him on to Everton. By the way, nice pickup for Everton. Um, and uh, a couple of other movements. Uh, Garcia, Mari left, but I don't think anyone's going to even remember their names. Uh, I like this for City. I think uh, Pep Guardiola is adding depth and resiliency to the squad. But actually, I think my take on this, Kartik, uh, the average age of the new folks that he's brought in is 22 years old. I think Pep is actually not so much buying these players for this year. I think his squad as it is right now, he thinks can win this year. I think this is basically as uh, like Logan's run. Renew, renew, bringing in younger players that he's going to season in the crucible of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, Rodri especially is is one for the future. Cancelo is one for the future. I the uh, Scott Carson thing. I was stunned when I turned on the Derby County match on Monday against Huddersfield, and Carson wasn't in goal. He'd been so good for them last season. For Frank Lampard, by the way, uh, who we talked about in the last right. segment, and uh, that was why I guess City had lined up this move for him. That's a really sneaky good piece of business uh, because I guess Pep didn't like what he saw. Look, I, I mean Zach Steffen's a young guy. And Murek, who was on, um, who was the backup keeper last year, young guy. Both those guys were loaned out in the last uh, few days. Right. And, and uh, Carson, the steady hand, brought in in case uh, Ed Erickson goes down. So I, I thought that was a nice piece of business and a, a very good season keeper in England. A, a guy who, as you mentioned, has uh, uh, several caps for England and was good in the championship last year. Uh, the the Cancelo signing is particularly interesting because Kyle Walker has not always been. Um, the most reliable right back. Um, right. And, 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 and by the keep... way, at, at 25 years old, I mean, I don't think Jao Cancelo is one for the future. I mean, I think this is a positional upgrade that Pep's looking at right here for this season. Yeah. And you also have the ability, given how Gareth Southgate has used Kyle Walker at times uh, when they've gone to three at the back, right? Yeah. For England, using him as a center back. Now, Pep could experiment with that. He could move Walker to center back and play Cancelo at right back. Uh, and that would put uh, Zinchenko, who's starting at left back as a left wing back, which is probably more natural for him than playing left back. So this gives you some more tactical flexibility. Uh, Rodri, I think, is not going to play a whole lot this year, but will be rotated in. Um, so good window for City. I think... Uh, uh, Liverpool had a great window too, and as far as I'm concerned, they didn't lose anyone. Uh, yeah. Well, and, 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 uh, and they, they got Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, Oxley. Yeah, they like get Oxley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I like this. I like City. I, I, and you know, it, in fairness, uh, when asked about uh, the signings, uh, Jurgen Klopp said, "You know, who am I going to sign that's better than the players that I have right now?" Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, he didn't feel that he needed to just sign players because, and and I think he feels the squad has depth. I think, um, you know, the fact that um, they uh, are so well gelled that he has depth in position. He's got, as you mentioned, Alex Oxley Chamberlain back. That's like a a, a brand new player. Um, you know, uh, up front they've got uh, you know they've got a super sub really off the, off the bench uh, to uh, scoring goals in critical points. 
Uh, they just re-signed him, and uh, they have, of course, the big three. So I don't think he felt like he needed to sign anybody, and he didn't. And after watching the Community Shield, I would suggest to you he was probably correct. Uh, both Manchester City and Liverpool looked absolutely terrific, uh, and I expect to see uh, you know these two battling it out for the title again. We talk about Chelsea losing you know, players that they could ill afford to lose and unable to sign anybody. We spoke about that, particularly Aiden Hazard, David Luiz there, gone. We spoke about Spurs bringing in Dombele, Ryan Sessegnon, and Lo Celso on loan from Betis, uh, as well as Jack Clark from Leeds, but he went back out on loan. Um, you know, is it enough when their rivals Arsenal, and here we go, Kartik, signed, are you ready for this? Nicolas Pepe for 80 million from Lille. William Saliba for 30 million from Saint Etienne, the center back. The left back, Kieran Tierney, Kieran, Kieran Tierney the uh, Scotsman from Celtic, 27 million. David Luiz from Chelsea for 8 million. Gabriel Martinelli from uh, Ituano in Brazil for 6.5 million. And Danny Ceballos from Madrid on loan. Look, they have added a right winger, a center back, a left back, another center back, and another left winger and a central midfielder. Folks, are Arsenal trying to rebuild the spine or what, Kartik? And Ceballos is uh, maybe the best of that group, and they got him on loan. Uh, Real Madrid, they, I, I was talking to a Real Madrid fan today who was very confused by Zidane's uh, thought process because Zidane wants Paul Pogba badly. Yeah. And... Uh, he, 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 he's begun clearing players out to bring Pogba in. I don't think they're getting Pogba. Um, no. I, so, um, obviously, their transfer window isn't closed yet. You can still sell players. I saw, I've seen, heard some rumors that Danny Rose might get sold by Spurs to a team on the continent um, because, obviously, they bought Sessegnon as a direct right. replacement. That's a direct. Right. Yeah. So, uh, they didn't spend $27 million or whatever they did on Sessegnon to, to have him sit behind Danny Rose. Um, but... I, I I think Ceballos, uh, you talk about bringing in Tierney, that was uh, a, a surprising one. I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about Tierney. I wasn't quite sure he, that he was that you were going to see a, a top six clubs reach and get him uh, because there are always questions about the level of the of the Scottish League. Uh, but Unai Emery and Arsenal go ahead and make that move. They need a fullback badly. They got him. Uh, Luis, we've already talked about. I think that's a really good signing for them. And... Um, and then Pepe speaks for itself. They did move Awobi out to yeah, Everton, which, right. which disappointed me because I like Alex Awobi a lot and think he's really uh, beginning to hit his peak in terms of uh, a quality a, a, as a wide player. But they got forty million for him. Everton overpaid for him. Well, actually, I think it was thirty million. But thirty million. Okay. Uh, are they looking at Martinelli as a, a replacement? Yeah, I think they're looking at Martinelli and also the the fact that they have Pepe now and they're going to want to play yeah. Pepe, Obama, Young, and Lacazette together. That's going to take away a wide position, right? Yeah, uh, an out and out winger, which is what Iwobi is. Um, and Everton were so desperate to get Zaha, offered sixty or seventy million. Palace said no. That they probably overpaid uh, for Iwobi. Yeah. Well, I think that for sure they did. I mean, Everton had to do something, but great business from Arsenal Football Club. I expect them to compete. Look, folks, at Manchester United, it's Harry Maguire, big signing for £80 million, about £87 million. Euros. Uh, Juan Bissaka for £50 million. Pounds. And Daniel James, uh, the left winger from Swansea for £17 million. Um, But, you know, I'm going to ask you if Lukaku goes, Valencia goes, Herrera goes. 
yeah, and we know that Pogba is disgruntled, unsettled, and 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 needs a breakthrough season. I, I, if I'm a United supporter, I'm I'm not happy right now. These are not the positions that you really needed to sign. You really needed some help up top, and you needed a big, powerful central midfielder who's going to run that park for you. Yeah, and and the one guy they had on their uh, 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 on their team that was consistently able to do that was Andrew Herrera. I know United fans are very unhappy uh, that he walked and went to PSG. Right, he was on a free. They yeah. offered him a contract extension. He said no. Uh, he'd seen enough, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, 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 so he, uh, PSG gets a steal there, but they didn't replace him. That's the thing. They knew they were going to lose him. They knew before the end of the year when he turned down um, the, the, the contract extension, he was going on a Bosman. They knew that in March or April. And they had an entire that entire time plus the summer window to find a replacement. They did not to buy a replacement. And then to sell Lukaku, yes, I know they got 80 million or 90 million, whatever they got for him. But money um, doesn't score but, goals. Money doesn't score goals. It just sits in a bag right, on right. the pitch yeah, I, and I, makes I, a clanging sound when the ball hits it. Unfortunately, a bag of money is unable to make a pass, uh, a bicycle kick, a header, or give a post-match interview. A bag of money is good for depositing in the bank, and that's about it. Yeah, and, and so you're talking about selling uh, your, your only out-and-out number nine, your only – uh, consistent goal scorer from uh, a central position in uh, uh, in your team. You know, a guy that has scored uh, a, a lot of goals in the Premier League, scored 25 goals in the Premier League a couple of years ago for Everton, didn't do quite as well at United, but was getting you about 15 goals a season, right, in the league. I, I think in all competitions, he had close to 30 goals two seasons right. ago for United. So I the idea of selling him without buying a replacement – uh, I think is idiotic uh, from a football yeah. standpoint. Again, United sometimes has business considerations in mind when they do things. I was told today that Marcus Rashford and uh, and Anthony Martial uh, will combine to be the, their new number nine. Those guys are wingers. Oh, okay? rubbish. They're wide that's, players. That's and if crap. they are playing centrally, yeah. they have to play off of a big target style striker yeah they don't have that guy anymore. it's gonna be tough sledding for manchester united seriously all right we've got one minute left uh wolves did some pretty decent business we'll talk about that when we come back we'll wrap up the business around the premier league and then we'll get to this ridiculous u.s soccer story uh which is really defies (laughs) imagination but we'll get to that but yeah uh some teams doing some really good business uh man united not one of them tottenham average business i would say arsenal great business City, great business. Uh, Liverpool, not in the business of business this window. Uh, Let's talk about Wolves and Everton and go down the line a bit. And, of course, Aston Villa, more business than anybody. All right, uh, Fifth Street Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you, by the way. Find us on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports. We're going to step aside, take a break, and we'll be right back with more here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. Nice. All right, welcome back to the show. Unlike this song, this show is a lot of fun. That, of course, is no fun from Iggy and the Stooges. But 
We are a lot of fun, and we are talking about the transfer market and the transfer window closing. Nick Ibrakot at Krishnaya with you. Uh, we are looking at winners and losers in the transfer window. Uh, we've done most of the big boys. Uh, we've wrapped it up by saying we think Arsenal did some magnificent business in the window after we spent most of the window lambasting them for how pathetic and stupid they looked. Uh, it looks like you and I, Kartik Krishnaya, will be eating uh, a big piece of crow pie because they did pretty well united disappointing some big players i'm not quite i mean look they needed to help defensively no one's going to deny that so did did united get better in the window i think the answer has to be yes did they get the players that they needed to break the top four i think the answer is no i agree with that i think it's better have they gotten better relative to the rest of the top six? No. Um, no, no. Did they get better no. relative to where they were last year? Uh, they finished sixth last season. Yeah, they might finish fifth this year, right? I, I don't think they're going to crack the top no, four. No, that's what Chelsea... I'm asking. Are, are, are they a better yeah. team with the addition of Juan Bissaka and Harry Maguire, okay, and uh, say Daniel James? Are they a better team with those players than they were with the equivalent players in those positions last year? Yeah, oh, certainly, yeah. I think uh, they had a problem in the back four. Uh, De Gea, I've heard about how De Gea's uh, form slipped badly last season. I think a lot of that had to do with the, the of back course. four that was... Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. You, you don't just go from being the world's best goalkeeper to being a not-so-good one. I mean, you have to have yeah. support. Uh, you can't blame, blame David De Gea. And I actually think these defensive additions were made because David De Gea said, I am going to walk unless you get help in front of me. I'm 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 convinced right. that's what this is. Uh, but United did not add help where they needed to in the midfield, up top. That's where they need it. And then they lose Lukaku. I think they're going to have trouble. But let's move on. We've spoken about all these guys. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, some nice deals from Wolves. By the way, Wolves and Everton were um, and Leicester City were sort of the best of the rest last season. And for Wolves to add the likes of Jimenez and Nato and Cutroni and Dendonka uh, and Jordao from uh, Lazio and Cristoval on, on free transfer from uh, uh, from Aves, I, I think, uh, you know, they've made some some good signings. They've uh, And really, they've added a big center forward in, in Jimenez. Uh, they added some nice help on the wing with Nieto. And, uh, you know, they've uh, got some... Oh, and of course, uh, isn't Cutroni... He's a forward, isn't he? He's a center forward, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And obviously they had Jimenez last year on loan, uh, but, right. but securing him permanently, him and then Donker was critical. NATO, critical, I think, is going to yeah. be a phenomenal signing for them out wide. Uh, so I, I like what they did. And, and, and you mentioned Everton. Everton were maybe the most active team, at least in terms of yeah. being linked to players this uh, summer. Uh, and uh, I, I, the, the, the thing for Everton is I still don't like the fact that Idrissa Gaia left for PSG for – I think 30 million or whatever they got for him was nothing considering how important he is to that midfield. Uh, they, they bought Gabam from, uh, uh, from my, I think will be a direct replacement. Uh, I think it's still a drop off. It's still a risk. Yeah. They do get a Wobi at, at, at the deadline. They get Moises Keen, who is a player I love. Yeah. Great uh, player. From from yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I like their window overall, but did they do enough to threaten the top four not yet and no. i know that's yeah. where everton wants to be i know they want to be they want to make the top six a permanent top seven and be that other club they're not there yet 
Right. I mean, I also thought, by the way, Fabian Delph was, Delph was a, a, a pretty nifty little addition at, at 10 million or, or 8 million pounds. I thought it was a really good addition. Uh, yeah, he's a, an older player at 29, but uh, I think really good. And of course, let's not forget about Sidibe uh, from Monaco. I mean, he's a really good right back. Uh, and they got him, I think, on a, on a loan, right? Yeah, and he's a guy, I have to admit, I play football manager. I always sign Sidibe. <laughs> right, well, and go. he's my right back. And he's a lockdown right back. And that's a lot going forward, at least in the game. So uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think that's a very good signing. All right, well, let's or move A very along. good loan signing. Yeah, let's move along. Leicester City had Telemans from Monaco, uh, Perez from Newcastle, uh, Dennis Pratt from uh, Sampdoria, uh, James Austin from Luton Town. That's an interesting signing. Uh, and then um, they lose, though, Harry Maguire, which is, you know, a pretty big loss. And you have to ask yourself, did Leicester do enough with everything that Wolverhampton Wanderers have done? Uh, you know, do you like what you've seen from Leicester? Uh, they kept Chilwell, which I thought was going to be difficult because there are very few left backs with his skill set uh, in the English game. And uh, getting Perez, uh, I have to tell you, I don't know what Newcastle is doing. I don't, we haven't known what, known what Newcastle is doing for years. Nobody knows what Mike Newcastle Ashley, is doing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's uh, – uh, uh, per- selling Perez puts Newcastle in serious jeopardy of being uh, relegated, in, in addition to Rafa Benitez walking. So uh, that's a big signing for Leicester, a good signing for them. Uh, but uh, to me, that signing is more about – Newcastle selling their best yeah. player uh, and 36 million sounds like a lot, but he might be worth more than that. I, they, uh, I, I just, you know, maybe it's going to be like this until Mike Ashley finally sells that club. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but that's Leicester city. Let's uh, move along. Uh, West Ham United, uh, Sebastian Haller from Frankfurt. That's a good signing. Oh, great uh, signing. Pablo Fornai from Villarreal is another good signing. Um, you know, West Ham are another one of these teams. I mean, they lose always weird Marco Anatovic, who is a bit of a, a, a of, of an odd guy. But I think that was a like-for-like replacement, really. I think they upgraded sub, sub, uh, substantially with uh, Sebastian Haller. Oh, yeah. Haller, I, I came into the show tonight uh, waiting for us to get to West Ham because we've talked about all of these big signings at the top four clubs, top six clubs. Um, other than Chelsea, they haven't signed anyone. Holler could end up being the best signing uh, to come into the Premier League from outside the Premier League this this summer. Uh, at, at Eintracht, he was phenomenal. Now, granted, he was on a team that was attacking like mad, and he was getting a lot of goals and contributing to a lot of uh, 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 interplay going forward uh, on that team. But uh, I, I just I love this signing, and I, I was shocked that he ended up at West Ham and not at a top six club. So. Uh, yeah. Big, big signing. Arnautovic is gone, but I, I think West Ham will be better this season just based on that signing. All right, well, let's rush to – we're not trying to rush, uh, hurry this along. we still got two topics to get to. Uh, Watford uh, adds Saar from uh, Rand for $30 million. They add Craig Dawson yeah, from West Brom for $6 million. Uh, You know, look, Danny Welbeck uh, coming in uh, from Arsenal, I suppose, was a bit of a surprise but on a free transfer. Um you know, Watford are going to be a, a mid-table team again. I don't think they've really improved the squad all that much, despite bringing in Saar. Uh, you know, Watford are a development and a selling club more than anything else. Uh, so we'll look yeah. to see, you know, who they bring through. Uh, Crystal Palace is an interesting one, though, because they brought in James McCarthy from Everton and Jordan Ayew from Swansea. 
who I don't think had a good season last season whatsoever, by the way, Jordan Ayew. He's 27 years old. But they brought in James McCarthy, uh, and they didn't lose uh, Wilfred Zaha. So, I mean, uh, as long as they keep uh, Zaha, I think Palace are going to be a good, solid mid-table team and, and be a spoiler, big spoiler over the season. Yeah, I mean, I said this, uh, I think I've said this on this pod, on this show before, and I, uh, that two seasons ago when Manchester City had 100 points, uh, to win the title, I said Zaha was the player of the year for me because without him, Palace is not doesn't stay in the division. In fact, right. they probably end up on like 20 points. They finished 20th. They're bottom of the table. Um, that having been said, at some point, you have to let the player go. He handed in a transfer request yesterday. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Everton wanted him badly. I think he wanted to go there. Um, I don't know what kind of Wilf Zaha you get. And we may be having this conversation in January. I know the pundits said today, oh, he's back for another year at Palace. I don't think so. I think they might have to sell him in January. Hopefully they, they secure enough points between now and then yeah. to where they're not really in the relegation right. fight. But, and, of course, if, um, they, if they sell him in January, uh, what will happen is you know they're going to have to pay out the nose for a limited selection of available players to replace him with. Yeah. So it, it's all yeah. bad news. Let's move along. Newcastle, surprisingly enough, signed Joe Linton from Toffenheim. That was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? It was the most they've ever spent on a player. He's a good player. I've watched him in the Bundesliga, but um, he's not going to have much support because they, they didn't do much else. Yeah. Newcastle, and they sold Iose Perez, who yeah. was their best player last season. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth add uh, Dan Juma from Bruges. Uh, Billing, Kelly, Stacey. I mean, Bournemouth have done nothing, really. Uh, look, uh, let's go down the Burnley. Uh, you know, not much either. Uh, Southampton. Drinkwater. Add uh, drink water. Right? Southampton add Danny, uh, Danny Ings, uh, Che Adams, and Musa Janapo Gen- from Le- Standard Liege. Uh, pretty, pretty good signings, actually. I, I that yeah. you know, I don't think uh, you could really uh, complain all that much. But look, folks, I'm going to tell you the worst window. The worst window of all is going to be uh, was had by a team that has the toughest match of all uh, tomorrow, and that is Norwich, who signed essentially nobody. Now, this is a team that conceded, what, 57 goals in the championship last year? And yes, they did score goals, Kartik. They are going to get murdered by Liverpool tomorrow. I'm saying that scores 4-0 or greater. Yeah, I, I was disappointed uh, with what Daniel Farka did in this window. They have a, a core of players that did very well for them in the championship uh, team of Puki being the, the most prominent of those, but they're going to get annihilated in the uh, in the Premier League. You see how Aston Villa and Sheffield United have upgraded. Real quickly, uh, just circling back to Danny Ings, I think that's a massive signing. When he's fit and he gets his explosiveness back, he's a really good striker. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, we never got to see the full package from Danny Ings at Liverpool because of the injuries, yeah. uh, but I love the guy. I think yeah. he's still got a lot in him if yeah, I agree. he's fully fit. Good player. Look, Villa signed everybody, including you and I, Kartik. Uh, and I believe yeah, they, yeah. if just one or two of these pan out, I believe they will be staying in the Premier League. Look, let's jump to it because U.S. soccer, we got to get to this. We only have literally two and a half <laughs> minutes left. Uh, it, it, uh, news broke that U.S. soccer have hired a public relations firm to help them in their battle against the U.S. women. Kartik, what is wrong with these people? I, I mean, did they have a, any clue about per, public perception of them? Are they, do they have any self-awareness whatsoever? Apparently they have to the hire a PR firm spend- for that. <laughs> yeah, I, the fact that they're spending now money on PR firms and lobbyists to lobby 
uh, people in Washington uh, against the U.S. women. First of all, they're, they're now spending into their $150 million surplus again on lawyers or public relations firms. They never spend it on actual football-related matters. Right. And then two, did they not realize that every time they do this to the U.S. women, the opinion of them and any sympathy for their position sinks lower and lower? They are absolutely clueless. I loved your tweet earlier, Nick. They are less self-aware, less uh, tuned to public perception than even the NRA. That's yeah. how inept they are. And I think maybe FIFA needs to come in and shut U.S. soccer down and appoint a replacement organization because, yeah. I mean, these guys are so inept and so out of sync and so out of touch and so corrupt, Kartik. Uh, it, it, it is a shocker. This is something you would expect out of an African nation, not out of the <laughs> yeah, United right. States. No, the, the, the bottom line, Nick, is that when these things happen in developing countries, when these things happen in Latin America or Africa uh, or, or the Caribbean, we say, oh my gosh, those countries shut down the FA, you know, banned them from international competition. We're at that point with the United States. They, it's one embarrassment after another. And this, this is just, this might take the cake of all what they did yesterday or what was reported yeah. yesterday. Unbelievable. All right. Well, sadly, we have run out of time to talk about this topic today kartik will be with you tomorrow i will not be with you i will actually be back with you on tuesday but kartik will be with you tomorrow maybe he will wrangle up a guest to talk about this with uh, on the show in the meantime we got to go to break when we come back uh which is in three minutes we'll wrap it up here on the street soccer all right welcome back Street Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you. Look, just a couple of minutes left. Kartik, uh, we spoke about Liverpool-Norwich. A couple other matches I want to talk about. Leicester-Wolves. This is a fascinating match on Sunday, or is that Saturday? Sunday. That's a Sunday match. Uh, one of the more interesting matchups, because uh, both of these teams were sort of best of the rest last season. They're both hoping to get their ticket into the elusive top six club. Uh, we will find a lot about this. Uh, Brendan Rodgers... Uh, we'll see how he does with the somewhat disappointing um, uh, window, shall we say. And Wolverhampton Wanderers, the opposite. They had a very good window. So it'll be interesting to see. It's early days, though. Uh, but uh, for me, um, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of ease towards Leicester on this one because they're at home. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I'm going to go Leicester on that. Uh, last match I want to look at is the big one of the weekend, of course. It is, uh, it is uh, Chelsea. Uh, are playing against uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford. Uh, look, the pundits out there are talking up Chelsea big time about this, but I think that is a massive mistake. Chelsea, uh, especially without David Luiz, uh, without Eden Hazard, um, with the new manager going to Old Trafford, uh, I think we're going to see what Paul Pogba's made of this season. I have to, I have to, sh I have to go towards United on this one, and I believe they were plus one twenty-five. I'm going to say draw uh, because United, to me, without Lukaku, they'll get goals, but I think they're going to be their build-up play is going to be a lot more labored. Chelsea, new manager bounce, uh, playing for, for for Frank. Who's going to score uh, for Chelsea? One -one. Who's going to score for Chelsea? Who's going to score for Chelsea? Pe uh, Pedro coming off the bench late. Oh come on! But who's going to make the play? There's no Aiden Hazard. I mean, they did crap without yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for their sake, it, Bar Ross Barkley really comes through in a way he hasn't any time in his career, but he still has the potential. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right, well, um, that's going to wrap it up for the show. Uh, we will be back with you 
uh, as we are each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network on Sirius XM 211. Find us on Twitter in the meantime at Fifth Street Sports. Until then, have a great time. Enjoy the match tomorrow. Uh, we'll check in with you tomorrow evening. Cheers. Have a good one. Hi, this is Ron Barr. If you like insightful, interesting sports talk and interviews with the biggest names in sports, then join us for Sports Byline USA, coming up next on the Worldwide Sports Byline USA Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.